One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So uh, Boris, got to get used to calling him Prime Minister. Uh, Prime Minister Johnson is on his way to Scotland. Let me speak to Professor John Tong, who joins us on the programme from time to time. John, good morning. Good morning. Uh, This is an important trip, isn't it? And he's going to bring a a lot of charisma and a massive checkbook. But will he will he cut any ice with with the Scottish? Not a hugely popular person uh, in Scotland, and probably the popularity has diminished further in the, in the sense that he got rid of a popular Scottish secretary uh, in his cabinet reshuffle, did Boris Johnson, uh, getting rid of David Mundell, who'd been the architect in many ways, along with Ruth Davidson, the Scottish Conservative leader of the Conservatives, gaining 12 seats uh, against many people's expectations at the last general election. Um, and he's replaced him with a hardline figure in, in Alistair Jack. Um, I think the, the problem with Boris Johnson is the image he brings up to Scotland, that of a, you know, an English nationalist, uh, someone who's been at times derogatory about devolution, um, certainly no friend whatsoever of the, of the SNP. Um, but I suppose Boris Johnson would take the view, look, it's the Conservative and Unionist Party. One of the first things I need to do is show my support for the union um, and go to Scotland. And it would, of course, be interesting. He's, meet, he's going to be meeting with Nicola Sturgeon, apparently. So that's going to be an interesting meeting um, at Nicola Sturgeon's official residence. And Ruth Davidson advising against that meeting? Yeah, very much so. The because it looks like the sort of the you know the the English colonial governor arriving um, to meet Nicola Sturgeon. Nicola Sturgeon will use it as a propaganda exercise to remind Boris Johnson just how strongly Scotland voted to remain. Remember, Scotland voted 62% to 38% to remain in 2016. Now Boris Johnson can counter that and say, well. Um, so you want a second referendum, Nicola Sturgeon? Um, just, just fancy that. You have a habit of demanding second referendums to overturn results that you don't like because, um, in the, uh, frankly, in, if you look at the, the Scottish independence referendum of 2014, of course, uh, the SNP lost uh, the campaign for independence by 55% to 45%. They want a second referendum to overturn that. And now they want a UK-wide second referendum to overturn the result, um, the, the Brexit result in 2016. So there'll be a lot of, you know, there'll be some sharp exchanges. Both in their own ways are formidable politicians. I know the word formidable is not often used in respect of Boris Johnson, but you know, he, he is a man who's an election winner in the sense that he won London twice uh, when London was a Labour city. Um, and I think, you know, this is an important part. We, we can say this is an election tour, and an election may well be forced upon Boris Johnson. So it makes sense in that respect in part of, as part of an election campaign. And it makes sense in terms of shoring up the unionism of, 
the Conservative and Unionist Party. So why wouldn't he do it? And that's why he's including, of course, Northern Ireland and Wales in this UK tour. Mm, Wales might seem important, but how important is Northern Ireland if it's an election tour? He's not going to get many Conservative votes here. Will, it, will, it, will he just come to Northern Ireland when the DUP tell him, OK, th- this is the time that suits us? Well, I think he's got to be seen to be doing something regarding Northern Ireland, even though there's no votes to be won there, because he has to be seen to be doing, first of all, it's the part of, part of the UK most directly affected by Brexit, and most certainly will be directly affected by a no-deal Brexit, which, although he's not advocating that, he's now preparing the country for that distinct possibility. It seems to have gone from a, a million-to-one chance to being if not an odds-on favourite, certainly favourite, which is, you know, an example of the odds shortening that you, you know, would be be even beyond any bookmaker. Um, So he has to be seen to come to Northern Ireland. And the other reason to come to Northern Ireland is, of course, to talk up the chances of restoring uh, the devolved administration. Because Boris Johnson, just like his predecessor, Theresa May, isn't going to try and, and introduce direct rule in the short term to Northern Ireland. When you're a government that is consumed so utterly by Brexit to the exclusion of almost all else, the last thing you want is to be doing is to be taking back direct control um, of Northern Ireland from Westminster. So what you've seen in recent weeks, of course, has been, have been amendments to the Northern Ireland, the most ridiculously titled bill in history, the Northern Ireland Executive Restoration Bill. You, so you've had legislation for same-sex marriage and abortion attached to that and other matters as well. Um, and that's really, it, it's sort of direct rule by the back door in which you know, certain bills relating to Northern Ireland appear before Westminster. Um, there are amendments made to them that introduce aspects of direct rule, but no one calls it direct rule. I mean, there's a limited shelf life to how long you can carry on doing that, but Boris Johnson isn't going to be the man to, to wind up the Assembly, I don't think. He'll talk up the chances of it being restored. Mm, Sammy Wilson, of course, arguing that's the sort of direct rule that suits Sinn Féin, that they don't get their hands dirty, I think was the term he, he used uh, quite recently in relation to legislation if it's passed by Westminster. Yeah, that's an interesting point from Sammy Wilson. I, I think that's that relates to more to the type of legislation that was passed at Westminster in terms of the introduction of same-sex marriage against the wishes of the DUP and the introduction of abortion uh, via Stella Creasy's amendment, uh, which also you know, alienates the DUP. But there is other sort of legislation that could be introduced that the DUP would be less disapproving of. Um, if, for example, amnesties for British soldiers were introduced via direct rule in, by via amendments to, to a bill, would the, would the DUP be so hostile to the breach of devolutionary principles then, if that was, in, if that was introduced? Um, prob- probably not. So I, I totally understand the DUP's objections to, the, to what has been introduced uh, over the last few weeks. And it's true. It does breach the principle of devolution for Northern Ireland. You know, people have, have, have argued, no, these are, this is about human rights. Nonetheless, you know, it, it is supposed to be a Northern Ireland Assembly and Executive um, that, that have been dealing with those matters. The problem is there hasn't been an Assembly and Executive now for getting on. We're heading towards the thousand-day mark. Um, by Christmas, we'll be there. We'll, we'll be over, well over a thousand days without an Assembly and Executive. When's the Prime Minister going to meet the Taoiseach? Sooner rather than later, I would think, and that's going to be awkward given that the language that came from the T-shirt and indeed from Simon Coveney at the back end of last week was the strongest I've heard from the Irish government when they talked about a collision course, Boris Johnson being set on a collision course. I think the stark reality has come home now, um, the fact that a no-deal Brexit is probably the the favourite because there's no sign of Brussels moving on a deal um, 
for the UK government. There's been some talk about time limiting the backstop, but that doesn't seem to be a major runner. Most of the, 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 the people who matter now uh, in Europe are, are away on holiday, so there's no one to, for Boris Johnson to negotiate with. And so, therefore, you know, the Irish government is looking starkly at the reality, which is, which is no deal, which obviously harms the Irish economy uh, at least as much uh, as the UK economy. And you know, there is the awkward issue now for the Irish government of, of having to protect the integrity of the EU single market, which means implementing customs checks and standards, product standards checks on its side of the border, which, you know, for the Fine Gael Party, which is still officially called the United Ireland Party, it, it's, it's awkward. It, it is awkward. And, you know, whilst they would obviously say the responsibility for that lies, you know, solely uh, with the UK government, and they would think that the UK government is being reckless and irresponsible going for a no-deal Brexit without any consideration, without any wider considerations. Now, that is the reality that the Irish government will have to protect the integrity of the EU single market. And so... That, that, that is awkward. It's not just awkward on the UK side, it's awkward on the Irish government side. So might the EU blink at the last minute come Halloween? Might the EU insist on the Republic of Ireland taking the, you know, the, 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 the big step and the hard choice and the embarrassment and the, the, the people left with egg on their face are, are those in government in the Republic? Well, I mean, it's, it's not it's certainly not ideal for, for the uh, the Irish government. I mean, if, if they took a gamble on on um, the UK government not having uh, not going for for no deal, they then they obviously hadn't contemplated a, a Boris Johnson premiership. Now, of course, there's no guarantee whatsoever that Boris Johnson will get a no deal Brexit through uh, the Westminster Parliament. I mean, the Westminster Parliament's going to almost certainly block that. In which case, Boris Johnson will almost certainly have to go to the country um, and call an election, which is very, very high risk. Remember, the Conservatives were at 9% in the recent European elections. Theresa May, all the polls look to be hugely in favour for Theresa May in 2017 when she called a snap election, and she still managed to mislay the Conservatives' majority. So, yes, we can talk about a Boris bounce. We can talk about, you know, it's you know, my way or no way, Boris Johnson calling an election on that basis, he may, of course, have to go to the country if there's a no-confidence uh, vote at, at Westminster anyway. Um, so whether the election is voluntarily induced or whether it's uh, created by a no-confidence vote, it's very, very high risk uh, for Boris Johnson. So, And if he loses, of course, then there, there, there won't be a no-deal Brexit at full stop. So, But the Irish government has to prepare now for that possibility to, to an extent that it perhaps hasn't previously when there was always a hope that there'd be some sort of deal that Theresa May's withdrawal agreement, which would have meant a soft landing on both sides of the border, uh, could have got through the House of Commons. But the closest Theresa May ever got to that was a 58-vote loss in the House of Commons. So, you know, no deal, a no-deal Brexit is at least now, well, it's, well it's, it's not official government policy, UK government policy, but it's it's pretty close to it given the preparations, given the so-called so war footing on which the cabinet has now been placed. 
John, we're absolutely getting to the sharp end of all of this. Uh, thank you very, very much for your time this morning, Professor uh, John Tong, commenting on the latest moves from the Prime Minister. Got to get used to, as I said at the very beginning, calling this man Prime Minister as opposed to uh, just flippantly referring to him all the time as Boris. But th- that's, how he, that's how he looks on the screen. Do you agree with me on this? He doesn't look like a Prime Minister. He looks like Boris. He looks like as if he's just acting the Egypt. Um, anything but an Egypt. But still, he gives that impression when you listen to him speak. Uh, 02890-333-105-077-66105. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 105 